Hello and welcome to another edition of Advice Worth Keeping. I am Joe DeProspero and today I'm joined by KPMG Advisory Managing Director Priya Emanuel to discuss what it means to be cloud smart and what organizations can do to adopt cloud-based transformation. Priya, thank you so much for joining me today for this important discussion on the concept of being cloud smart, uh, which is especially critical, I think, with our virtual workforce being the new normal. Um, It certainly is or should be a critical piece of an enterprise's strategy. Can you start us off by laying the foundation for us? What does it mean to you to be cloud smart? What it means for me to be cloud smart is really applying cloud technology to solve both technical and business challenges in a deliberate and sustainable way. What I mean by that, right? I don't think there's any dispute among you know um, all of you know all of the uh, the organizations that we talk to that cloud technology is the ultimate vehicle for value creation, for collaboration, for competitive advantage. But everybody knows that just tools are not sufficient to innovate and disrupt. Right. So it's the same when it comes to cloud um, um, technology and tools as well. So adopting this technology that's new to a lot of people has to be done in a smart way where you can really not just solve for a business issue or minor technical challenges, but really bring the business and technology um, stakeholders together to build that broader consensus for building what's a sustainable architecture that really allows for deployment of scalable hybrid work clothes across your enterprise, allow for extensible architecture that enables data movement and management. So when you start deploying those innovative um, solutions, you can use AI, machine learning, and analytics um, to, to really provide actionable insights back to your business. To me, that's what being cloud smart is. Great. So, Priya, as, as mentioned at the start here, a virtual workforce is our reality, right? So how is cloud a vehicle for competitive advantage in these times? Oh, well, we, we've kind of seen that play out in real time, right? Because I think before COVID hit, um, there's a stat that says that about 36% of workforce uh, work from home at least one day a week, right? And we went from that to within three months, pretty much most of us working from home. Uh, so we are already seeing a lot of proof points that are, that customers who were more generous with their remote working policies and back those policies policies by updating their technologies to be more cloud-based, we're much faster in um, supporting their workforce needs, right? So now take that and think about what it's going to do when we come out of this environment. These are organizations um, that really can recover faster than ones that had to completely surge um, very quickly by by deploying what sometimes we call band-aid cloud um, solutions during this time to manage that surge. So these are companies that even before going in were more SaaS enabled, had better security policies, had more cloud native um, VDI technologies that were deployed. And now coming out of it, we are seeing that they're using some of these advanced investments that they made in these cloud technologies to take it to the next level. 
and get that competitive edge which means they are they are putting in more technologies that make it easier for the workforce to access applications and manage data they are now able to go to a pool of resources that they didn't even consider before the situation that can now be recruited to work remotely um, when without geographic constraints right we are seeing many of them um, really think about their disaster recovery and business continuity planning very differently because what we noticed during this this 3 month period was companies that looked at their business continuity planning realized that some of them did not even account for any technology capabilities to get them back and running right because they planned for a very short period of time for for an emergency situation but now coming out of it uh, we we we're going to see a lot of cloud based data recovery um and disaster planning really scale up um and then you know smaller real estate footprint also means that these companies can actually start investing more and more in these technologies that can increase the innovation and speed of it overall and i'll give you one specific example so you know in some industries especially like everybody's been hard hit by this but there are certain industries which are seeing a bigger impact and a competitive edge that they knew theoretically existed but today they're kind of seeing that um work in in real time so healthcare providers as an example you know for years we've been trying to help them really think about telehealth but in the last 3 months it's telehealth has gotten a lot more traction and we're seeing accelerated development um, uh, adoption of it and cloud is very foundational to making this happen which means you know we're seeing more secure architecture for healthcare clients that are cloud based um, and enables a lot of sensitive data to be accessed managed and analyzed and all of this is going to give them a competitive edge that they didn't have before and always seen as being behind the curve when it comes to technology Got it. So what are the actionable steps that need to be taken in order to drive an organization toward cloud-based transformation? So uh in my mind there are about three big steps they need to take. First is alignment. Business and tech need to be really aligned on what cloud-based transformation means and how it's anchored on the right investments that they have to make in cloud technology. to deliver on business results second is agility once you have alignment between business and technology teams in having the executive team members fully backing you on this transformation um you need to have a very agile way in which you want to start planning and executing the transformation it's very hard to do everything all at once um because both the it and business teams have to do what they need to do day to day right so um large transformations can really create a lot of fatigue if it's not done in an agile manner so you can continue to execute on a plan but also recalibrate as needed because your 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 market conditions and um you know the environment in which you're you're working in nowadays you know tends to 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 change very quickly after alignment and agility the most important step is um figuring out how this 
transformation is going to really impact the ways in which you are doing things. So thinking about a target operating model that's going to be very different in which you are going to be working in and continue to, to make those changes permanent and sustainable throughout. So those, to me, are the three key steps that any organization can take once they are on this journey towards cloud-based transformation. So Priya, I imagine aligning talent uh, with change is as a critical piece, maybe the most critical piece of, of the puzzle. What roles does cloud-based transformation create? And can you talk a little bit about how to best leverage in-house talent from a skill set perspective? Definitely. Um, so when I was, 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 was talking about the different levers in your operating model, um, talent, skills is, is one of those levers. And I think probably one of the most important levers, because in all of the talk that we have, um, and, and we talk about technology and, you know, machine learning and, and data analytics, but we completely, you know, sometimes forget the fact that it's people who make all of these changes possible. It's people, their passion for doing what they do day in and day out that really drives the organization to be successful. So that's why I consider that to be one of the most important levers in our target operating model. So your question on how does this change? Um, how do we? How can we make sure that we we use our resources um, and transform how they do their work and provide them with the right skills? Is is one of the most important questions that I get asked by my clients all the time. So it's and sometimes it's very hard to just talk about it in generalities, right? Because we all know that there are some roles that will change drastically. Um, and one example is there have been probably hundreds of papers that have been written, you know, in the last five years about the role of a, of a, of a system administrator or an infrastructure planner and how it may not exist in a hybrid world. So we know some roles will go away. Some will morph into a combination of different roles that existed before but done a little bit differently. Well, there'll be some roles that, you know, were gone even in an on-prem environment um, or narrowed down that really re-emerged like the enterprise architect. And then there are new roles from a DevOps perspective that also come into play. Um, and obviously, AI machine learning skills, these are all very relatively new skills. And you may not have had a lot of that in the organization before you started adopting cloud. So it can get a little bit overwhelming, but um, but when you start really looking at your current IT skills, it's already a great foundation for what you need in your new hybrid cloud environment. And you'll notice that I'm not saying it's just a cloud environment. It's a hybrid cloud environment because we know even with large-scale adoption of cloud from an infrastructure and application perspective, there's going to be for a period of time, at least next 10 years, 15 years, that organizations are continuing to be hybrid, right? You're going to have some applications, some infrastructure, structure that's still on-prem, even if a vast majority of your real estate becomes cl uh, cloud or specifically uh, public cloud. So there are lots of, of skills that you would still need that does come from your existing workforce with some new skills added on to them. So um, as an example, in the traditional IT infrastructure world, right, I mentioned um, system administrators before. They used to keep, uh, you know, their focus was very much on how to manage the local resources. 
But it turns out that those same skills that they developed in the in the traditional IT environment will help them in the cloud environment too, because these are the people that you can use to upscale on cloud technologies. So when thorny issues come up around, you know, provisioning your cloud services, are you provisioning them? you know, accurately, they will have a key role to play in this hybrid cloud management um, area that's really emerging, right? Because you have multiple clouds, you have some on-prem. So there are a lot of different activities now um, that kind of get into the sphere of system management, DevOps, um, network administration, and IT operations. And, you know, the, the, the old skills of systems administration really just gets expanded, right? So it's it's easier for you to now upskill to a small extent your system administrators versus going and acquiring the skill, you know, brand new from the outside. I'll give you one more, like, very specific example, which I use with some of my clients, especially ones who've made a decision to go with, say, Azure um, as their platform. So, you know, Azure DevOps is, you know, when, when, when our clients adopt Azure as their main platform for public cloud adoption, we see Azure DevOps play a huge role in, in you know, the versioning, in managing the CI/CD pipeline, um, being that ultimate um, um, area for, for really pushing through more and more cloud-based applications. Azure DevOps, while, you know, is, is a new skill to some, it's not really a new skill to organizations that were historically a Microsoft shop. What used to be Microsoft Visual Studio, those skills are all you need to quickly learn ADO, which, which is Azure DevOps, um, you know, on the cloud and be able to manage your CI/CD pipeline, be right in the middle of your, your DevOps transformation that's required for, for overall cloud transformation, right? So I think it comes down to actually looking at what skills you have and where you can very quickly upskill, where you can really leverage these skills to really make your resources um, you know, perform at their very best in a cloud-based environment. That's going to be key. And I think, um, you know, it's 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 not a, an extremely difficult exercise, uh, but it has to be, again, a very thoughtful exercise that you have to undertake, which gets back to being cloud smart um, and and being very deliberate about how you build out your 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 workforce to account for that future change you're looking for. Great. Thanks so much, Priya. So one last question before we wrap up here. Um, according to the white paper, which this conversation was based off of, only 44% of enterprises have achieved large-scale adoption of cloud. Broadly, how can an enterprise move forward to get that number higher to work cloud smart? How can they do that? Yeah, so I think one of the first steps is, um, you know, if you have low cloud adoption, understanding why what, why are you so behind compared to your peers? And what do you need it to be, right? Um, again, gets back to being deliberate and, and, and thoughtful in creating something sustainable is really, really important. So I would say it comes down to really understanding what your organization's needs are. What is it that business needs in order to be competitive and agile? And, you know, we, we, we all hear lots of different um, stats that are thrown around, right? I think our own CI, uh, CEO, sir, 
survey basically said that about 67% of CEOs are saying that agility is the is the currency of the business what does that mean they want to be able to move fast really move at market speed um and to do that you need to start thinking about you know where you are in your cloud adoption and where you need to be in your cloud adoption in order to um to to get there to deliver for the business at market speed once you understand that it becomes much easier for you to then say for me to go from you know percentage x to percentage y what do i need to do what does that mean for me from an investment perspective what does that mean for me for you know changes to the way i am working today what does it mean for me to proactively manage um, you know expectations from the business what does it mean to proactively manage expectation from my own workforce and then you can start putting a plan together that that's easily achievable and is transparent and people you know buy into it so you have greater success in really increasing the that rate of adoption that you're looking for um and i'll go back you know again to the target operating model aspect right because we take for granted how things need to change and sometimes when you don't know how how much things have to change it's hard to plan for how to change them all right and i and i and i'll throw one more stat out there um when we when we at kpmg when we were working on on really refreshing and updating our cloud um services and where we should really focus in helping our clients with cloud adoption we had conversations with all of our alliance vendors at the, at the highest level and what what became very clear and it was very consistent between all of our, cl- uh, our alliance providers and the response they gave us as well as with the clients that we talked to that it was very easy for them to do the first 15 to 20% um of adoption of cloud and then it becomes a uphill challenge to move anything after that fifth, first 15 to 20% because now they've experimented quite a bit they've created point you know p- uh, proof of concepts and then all of a sudden when they start looking at moving everything to scale things come to a stop right we we're seeing more and more organizations like seeing that and and thinking this is going to be hard obviously with covid we've got a bit of a a you know little bit of wind beneath our wings to to move them forward um but to keep that momentum going means making sure that we are really thinking about um you know why we need it how we are going to achieve it what we need to achieve it and then keeping at that plan no matter what great Thank you for that Priya. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh this has been informative, insightful and I think provides uh, a really great framework for what it means to be cloud smart and how enterprises can move forward in a deliberate way uh to use a cloud smart approach to gain a competitive advantage. Thanks again and stay well. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for listening to this podcast on cloud-based transformation. For more information, please navigate to read.kpmg.us. slash cloud smart.